Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, an amiibo a day keeps the doctor away? It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with ya. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including a price cut on the Switch in Europe. And then on Thursday, we're going to be ranking the WarioWare Get It Together characters. But in the meantime, Mark, how's it going? It's going great. Uh, Patrick, would this be blowing your mind at all if I told you that the director of the upcoming film Venom, Let There Be Carnage, is Andy Serkis, Gollum. Whoa, whoa, okay. Well, wow. Yes, actually, it does blow <laughs> my mind a little bit. Because um, I know that Andy Serkis does a lot of, or did a lot of, like, second like second unit direction. Like, I know yes. he did. I, I had a bad run last week of just watching terrible movies. Um, on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday night, in this order, I watched Spider-Man 3, Amazing Spider-Man, and The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smog. <laughs> that is quite the smattering, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's not good. Um, but I know he, he did, like, second unit directing on uh, Desolation of Smog. Yeah, did you ever watch uh, the some of, like, the behind-the-scenes behind the features that were included with The Hobbit DVDs? Or, like, really, like, no. the, five, the Battle of the Five Armies? And I, I have not watched them either. Uh, it was probably wasn't released on DVD, probably Blu-ray. And also, I just saw clips taken out of context online. But basically, the production for that movie was kind of a mess. They, like, shut down for, you know, weeks, if not months, so that way they could just get it figured out. Because he was just shooting second unit uh, fight scenes for the climactic battle with no script and no plan. Like, yeah. he was just on well, that- a soundstage just, like, doing it. Yes. I mean, that was all three of the Hobbit movies, right? Like, because they were originally going to be, like, a, 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 a duology, and because, like, Guillermo del Toro was originally involved, like, and all of these pieces started, like, falling apart and falling away, um, by the time, like, Peter Jackson got to it, like, everything was put together, and, like, there was a labor problem in New Zealand, too, or at least, like, the studio was trying to, like, screw people out of uh, the benefits and stuff they had when they were on Lord of the Rings. All this stuff came together so that when it came time to shoot, they didn't have the, like, 18 months of prep that they had that began with Lord of the Rings, um, which I think is largely why those movies don't work at all. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, totally. But, yeah, it's uh, I, I know that even for the first movie, there were days where they just, like, had a cast of 13 dwarves, and they were like, I don't know, we're going to walk through the woods. <laughs> <laughs> and Film yet, that. That, br- that brings us to Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Which I yeah. guess I guess he directed um, that the Jungle Book movie that uh, they put on Netflix. It was like Warner Brothers. They were going to release oh. it, but then Disney's like you know that uh, Jungle Book one that John Favreau did like blew up, and so they're like, uh, right. maybe we'll just release this on Netflix. So it's not like it's the first movie is directed. It just feels like um, I uh, I was gonna say it feels weird, but like I don't really know what Andy Serkis's filmography should look like. This could be totally I- right. 
Hey man, he's a, he's a man of many talents, right? At first we were just like, no, you're a digital puppet, a puppeteer. That's what you are. That's what you do. And then he's like, no, I'm also Ulysses Claw. I'm live action. You can't tell. I'm I'm the cook in King Kong. You can't tell me what to do. And so there's no stopping him. Didn't he also direct um the uh, Planet of the Apes video game um from a while back that was like a spinoff of the um the new trilogy like that the matt reeves uh oh i don't have any i don't have any idea maybe it was like a choose your own adventure it's like less video game and more like interactive uh, movie experience i i don't know but i would believe it also that's some serious uh like what is his name rupert everett erasure whoever directed the first one of those movies (laughs) yeah that's right i'm sorry (laughs) but also i can't remember that dude's name either (laughs) It's the Matt Reeves trilogy, and we all know it. Mark, speaking of things that we all know, the Sonic Forces borrowing program, would you like to be a part of it? All you got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com, gmail.com and give us a mailing address so we have a place where we can send you my copy of Sonic Forces. You play it for as long as you want. You send it back. It doesn't cost you anything. I pay for postage. Both ways, uh, you may accidentally get my copy of Untitled Goose Game. Um, we say accidentally, but it's just like, it's just part of the program, right? Like there are no accidents here. We're all, uh, you know, at the will of a perfect borrowing program. The other thing you can do is you can leave us a five-star review on Apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. Patrick, I'm on pins and needles right now because I can see that there is a new review, but it, but the text of it hasn't posted yet. So, um, hopefully in the weeks to come, we will be able to. Uh, share a new five-star review. Thank you so much to everybody who has left us a five-star review, whether it's on the U.S. Apple Podcast Store or wherever you get your podcast. It makes such a huge difference in helping people find the show, and it makes Patrick and I feel uh, good about ourselves. And really, those two things, hard to beat. Uh, One final thing that is hard to beat is October is the month of Game & Watch. We are devoting most of the month to Game & Watch programming. Um, and look, Mark and I are a little bit game and watch babies, game and watch dummies, uh, game and watch noobs, uh, game and watch neophytes. Well, however, how do you want to put it? That's what it is. Um, we are going to be learning a lot throughout the course of the month. So if you have any advice, if you have any points of interest, if you have anything that you want to talk about in the world of game and watch Nintendo's original portable hardware. Um, email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com and get in on the conversation. Um, we've got a lot of good ideas. We've got a lot of good info. Um, but the more we get, the more we can use. I'm very excited about Game & Watch Month, Mark. Yeah, me too. It, whenever we delve into one of these topics that I know nothing about, it's uh, always a lot of fun. Yeah, because uh, look, uh, we, we, then we learn something. Yes, despite our best efforts. Uh, All right, Mark, let's get into what we've been playing this week. Mark, WarioWare Get It Together came out on Friday. I had it on my Switch earlier in the week because I was was like, I need to play this the second it's available. Um, And uh, I spent a lot of time this weekend going through WarioWare Get It Together. Super short uh, story mode in, in this thing. That's uh, what I've I, heard. Yeah. Have you had an opportunity to uh, get into it at all yet? Yeah, so I, I have played it. I have played, I think, like the first like three or four levels. Um, and I am, I'm enjoying it. I, 
but I am finding it even more. I'm finding it stressful. I'm finding it stressful to play because yeah. the micro games, like the micro game setup, is already like a little bit pressure. Like there's pressure in it, and then uh, throw in having to remember how the different characters work. And sometimes there are just like characters where I'm like, uh, in the amount of time I don't that I have to solve this micro game, I don't really know how to do it with this character. Yeah, um, yeah. And and so I think the more that I play, the more that it'll just like become easier to do that to like remember how the different characters move and figuring out which characters are my favorite and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, it's 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 uh, it, I feel pressure. I feel like I get like sweaty palms when I'm playing it. <laughs> uh, I mean, I feel those sweaty palms too. But like that's I love that. Like it feels very like Tetris ninety nine mm, to me, mm-hmm. or like you know hades where it's like well i don't know what boons i'm gonna get here but like i gotta just like keep going on and like it gets faster and harder and like i just gotta go um it's uh my my buddy pete uh is who is also playing this was also stressed out by having to switch between the characters and have like you know not know how to control them um at the beginning of every micro game and he was like uh taking the opportunity to just like move the character around and like do their ability once or twice in the like second or two before Uh, the game uh actually starts um was good for like kickstarting his memory to be like ah yes this is how this is how this character moves this is how they do this yeah 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 totally you know one thing this is like a really small nitpick but mm. one of the things that like kind of um i w- wish were different about the game is you know no, so go stronger oh, okay. it rubs you the wrong way <laughs> it does it does kind of but like it's it's such yeah. like a small like insignificant thing but it does kind of bug me in that um so in the story mode, <laughs> Wario's company has finally completed the video game, but there is yes. bugs in it, and so they all get sucked into the video game. And the the way that the bugs are drawn feels like so boring and not very like oh, Wario. Yeah. Like I feel like that sort of presentation stuff could be stronger. Like I feel like the the bugs should have something that's like crazier about them or grosser about them or something that makes them like uh feel like part of the WarioWare universe instead yeah, of just being like they I look fine yeah. like they look like you know how you could render a a bug a physical representation of a software bug but it just doesn't like do anything for me yeah it, it sort of reminds me of the uh and now I'm not even going to remember what they're called but the like weird little magical creatures in super paper mario oh uh-huh which now i don't even I, I i say that and maybe it's only because like they are like they're not built of like the same pieces as the rest of the world um so maybe that like that's what the the sort of like parallel i'm drawing yeah i, I feel like even you know like the the viruses in dr mario like those have personality like they're sticking their oh. tongue out at, you know like they they I do love, a lot. Mark, you know this. You know this, right? That I love the personality of the viruses in Dr. Mario. Their designs are perfect. They're amazing. They are. I mean, and so it. I think, like, to compare the two, I don't expect these to be as, like, full of personality as Dr. Mario. But it just feels like uh, they. it leaves me wanting a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that. Um, Mark, I, uh, I finished the story mode of uh, WarioWare Get It Together. And then I played like 80% of it again with Sarah um, in, in, in two-player mode, uh, which is more stressful. It is more stressful to play this game co-op than it is to play it alone. Um, but also, like, 
I don't know, funny or if, you know, you're, you're not the only like because there will be times when like one person is just like sitting there and being like, <laughs> what? And the other person is like, I got it. I know exactly what's happening. <laughs> um, so that's that's super fun and rewarding. And like, I think it is like totally, um, you know, how they intend you to play the game is uh, with a friend. It's also, I think, perfectly functional and fun by itself, too. But um, yeah, so I, I spent a, a good amount of time on um sunday and uh monday morning um getting into the like sort of uh you know with with, with a warioware game like getting through the story is not that's not the game yeah right? that's just like how you access the the game um it's sort of the pre-game uh, before you start doing like the high score chases and all the like individual um like little tasks um and the game has all of these uh just as warioware gold did all these missions right that are um, sometimes something as simple as like you know uh, encounter all the games in this uh, like playlist of games or you know reach this high score in whatever level um, and so sometimes it's something like broader like that and sometimes it's as, as hyper specific as um, you know play this uh, dislodge the thing in the stomach mini game as Mona without running into the intestine walls um, which like is 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 a very specific challenge for a specific character. Um, but that, that stuff's kind of cool, right? It, it lets you like go back and like go through this list and be like, okay, what do I still have to do? Uh, how can I earn some like extra coins? Um, and then using the coins to try and get more, uh, of the presents, which they call prezies. Um, but I have such a hard time saying prezies. I just feel so weird saying it, um, that you can then give to the individual WarioWare characters to level them up. And as they level up, they have different like themes and color schemes and stuff oh. like that. Um, and like uh, then you can also earn like gallery art and like all this other stuff around them. Um, so like there is a ton of content to the game and a ton of different ways to engage with the micro games. Um, but like most WarioWare games, you kind of have to like make your own fun with it, like set your own goals within it uh, and sort of like decide what parts of it are important to you. Uh, and I don't know, uh, I, I don't have my relationship with it sorted out just yet. Um, other than, like, I mean, I, I don't know about you, Mark, but I feel like I always knew that this was a game I was going to be playing for, like, a half an hour here, a half an hour there for, like, years, you know? Yeah. Um, that, like, binging it doesn't really make sense. I know. I mean, like, I feel like we've talked about in the past, WarioWare, to me, feels like the perfect mobile game. I genuinely do not understand why they haven't gone down this route yet. Like, I'm, I'm glad that there's another WarioWare game on Switch, but uh, it, feels, it feels like really um, the perfect home for it now is on mobile. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that completely. Out of curiosity, how long did it take you, would you say roughly, to beat the story mode? Because I've heard like as little as two hours, and that doesn't really... Is that right? It's like three so it's okay. probably like three hours yeah it it is short okay if you just like mainline it and just like just go for it i haven't played any co-op yet and i'm excited to try multiplayer at some point um because i think like like you were saying i think it would have like the fun kind of that you get from like overcooked and that kind of stuff where yeah. uh just trying to figure out what you're supposed to do with the pressure of having to be just a couple of seconds and trying not to get in each other's way it just seems like it'd be fun yeah uh and and like i think that the fun that you have with the game like that is the game mm -hmm. it's i i 
you know, I, I know you, you just mentioned it, but that you're seeing that a lot of people are saying that like the, the story is like two and a half, three hours. Um, and that it's, that's such a like accomplishment minded, like view of video gaming um, that like, it's, it's such a weird, uh, and it's a headspace that we all get in at some point, right? That like a game is something that you accomplish, something that you beat, something that you finish. Um, but like, it's kind of just the fun that you're having with it is uh, WarioWare sort of like lays that bear where it's like, are you having fun with this or aren't you? Ellen, really, like the story mode is not the point of WarioWare because to beat yeah. a level does not, like it just doesn't take that long. It doesn't take that yeah. much skill. It's really when you go back and try to like beat your high scores that, um, and that, I mean, that's how you see all the mini games and that kind of stuff. So I've yeah. also, uh, this weekend I was doing a little bit of traveling. And so I brought my switch with me for the car ride and I played some legend of Zelda skyward sword and I played it in handheld mode, which I had not done Ooh. up to this point. So I, instead of using the motion controls, I was using like the, um, right, uh, analog stick to controlling sword. And it is weird it 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 works but it would not be my preferred way to play this game like maybe it's because i was getting in the groove with the motion controls um but like it was not easy for me to switch between the two and i think like in the future my i would not want to try to play skyward sword this way again yeah i mean even like conceptually like i don't know just kind of like grafting that idea from like a twin stick shooter right where you're like moving one direction with one stick and shooting in another direction with the other stick um that's always the kind of like math that doesn't work in my head um and so like i don't know put, putting anything on a thumbstick that isn't a character's movement or a camera's movement messes me up one thing that i did kind of like about it is um my brain is just stuck in waggle and so i even when i'm doing even when i'm doing motion controls for skyward sword like it i don't feel like it's with the precision that the developers had in mind and so it is much easier for me to be precise in my mm. like movements but i just i just have to think a lot more like more of my brain is focused on what am i supposed to be doing with the analog stick how do i like you know yeah. use the analog stick correctly to make links movements match what i want him to do Whereas even though I'm less precise with motion controls, it's much more intuitive. Like I don't have to think about it as much. And so it yeah. makes it like, it's more fun for me to focus on the other stuff that I'm doing with Link and not try to focus so hard on, you know, like how do I get the store to do what I need it to do in this situation? Yeah. Um, I, I want to hear more about where exactly you are in the game. Um, but did you say you were playing this in the car, like on a car <laughs> ride? Yeah, that's right. That's right. My husband was driving, and so I, w I was just hanging out. <laughs> Amazing. I can't remember the last time I played a video game in the car. <laughs> it sounds great. It, it, sounds it was, wonderful. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was nice. It's a good way to pass the time. Um, uh, Mark, we have got an email from a, a listener, um, also named Mark. Um, who sa he sent us an email mostly about Game & Watch stuff, and uh, so thank you, Mark. We will be using uh, your Game & Watch input when we get to October. But there's a PS here that he says, maybe you can read this on, on an earlier podcast. I just finished Skyward Sword. It was great. And we'll have finished WarioWare soon. Uh, probably by the time we're reading this, he's finished WarioWare. Um, well, waiting for Metroid Dread to come out, should I play Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, Pikmin 3 Deluxe, 
or Yoshi's Crafted World. I own them all, but haven't gotten around to playing them. Thanks, Mark. I can only give my two cents. First of all, Mark, great name. Uh, we got to stick together. Second of all, I've only played one of these games, and that's Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. And, but that, but that's my vote, like hands down. I think that game is amazing. The, uh, I've never played a platformer like it before, where the levels are like theme park rides, and the way that the music matches what's going on in like the levels. Like I, I, I just I love I love this game. So for me, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze would be my recommendation. Yeah, well, and I, I think it is just also the best of those uh, three games. Um, Tropical Freeze is just like an, an, an excellent platformer. One thing that I would say, though, um, is maybe do Pikmin 3 Deluxe because mm. Tropical Freeze, Yoshi's Crafted World, they're all 2D platformers of one uh, form or another. And what you're going to be getting in Metroid Dread is a Metroidvania game, but it is also, you know, principally a, a, a 2D platformer. So, like, just to keep yourself from possibly burning out on, like, one game type, um, you know, maybe give Pikmin 3 uh, a spin. And also, you know, if you find that you're not enjoying Pikmin 3, then ditch it and do uh, Tropical Freeze. But, like, for variety's sake, I, I say go with Pikmin 3. That's a very thoughtful response, Patrick. I, I, I feel like <laughs> we balance each other well. Um, I've actually played all three of these games. Um I, I I play although I played a lot of these games on uh on Wii U. So. <laughs> uh all right, uh those uh that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. Today, September 14th, Cruise and Blast is released on Switch as well. Oh, and then tomorrow, September 15th, Cat Lateral Damage Remeowstered is also released on switch this is a um first person cat like destruction simulator where Mm -hmm. in the first person you play as a cat and the goal if i'm not mistaken is to cause as much destruction in like your home as possible yep yep and we're mostly pulling it out here for the excellent title of uh, re-meowstered edition (laughs) yes excellent title um on thursday september 16th Skatebird is released. This is the one that we saw in an Indie World showcase many years, or not many years, many months ago, <laughs> probably like a year ago. Um, yeah. It's like Tony Hawk Pro Skater, but with birds on like tech decks, essentially. Yeah. Looks really, really cute and super fun. Mark, you're uh, at least sort of a Tony Hawk guy, right? Or at least uh, you have a history with the series. Um is Skatebird uh, appealing to you? It, it's appealing to me, and I don't even like those games. <laughs> yeah, it, it 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 is appealing to me. It's uh, it, aesthetically, it's appealing to me. The idea of it is appealing to me. I'll be interested to see what like the reviews are like once it's yeah. out. Um, also on Thursday is Eastward, a the indie game like indie two D RPG, uh, with throwback pixel art, some really cool music based on what we've seen is released. Um. And then on Friday, September 17th, uh, Tome? Is that how we think we this is said? I, I, I assume that it is two syllables and that it is Toem, but oh, okay. I, I, I don't know. Um, this is the uh, sort of diorama-style black-and-white photography game um, that we oh. saw at the most recent uh, Nintendo Indie World Showcase um, that looks super cute and super fun. 
um it's neat to see all of these like indie games sort of like lining up uh right here in the third week of september um which by the way we're in the third week of september how wild is that yeah yeah it's crazy i mean it felt it feels like not that long ago that we were talking about the drought of august and uh we're once again have just like kind of like a glut of indie games to play yeah, and I mean, I, I know that Mark was asking about which of these three games that I already own should I uh, play during this uh, period before Metroid Dread. But honestly, I'm looking at both Eastward and Toem here as like games that I'm like interested and excited to play. Yeah, yep. Um, all right, uh, Mark, those are the new releases. Let's close that out. Which brings us to a regular segment on our show. It is time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, uh, today you have selected for us uh, Spelling Bees. We are going to talk about Spelling Bees. Um, did you ever participate in a spelling bee as a child? Yeah, I, 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 I did once. And it was one of those things where like, I prepared for it, you know, like we were able to, I can't even remember why I, it was one of those things where like, I didn't have to go to class for a while because, you know, we could like study, uh, you know, like go outside and study like, uh, words for the spelling bee. This must've been like second grade. And I was so ready. I was so excited. Uh-huh. Get, get up there. My word was Ruby. And, uh, you know, Ruby. R-U-B-B-Y. Ruby. Oof. It was it was a short spelling bee for old Mark yeah. Mitchell. How I was about really you? hoping you were going to say R-U-P-P-E. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought for sure this was going to be a, a Nintendo related. And then we didn't break it our rule. Um, no. So I uh, am just sort of a a poor speller in general um but uh i am good at math so mm. i was on the math team um frequently and i know that like mathlete is a uh like a punchline uh and like is i i think like mean girls obviously like made it very popular i'd never heard the term mathlete before we where there were no there was no mathletic program i was just on the math team oh interesting interesting that feels like a that mathlete feels like a term that uh uh, I would have worn with pride if I was remotely good at math at any point in my life. I mean, I and I might have, I just hadn't heard it. Like, <laughs> I was just on the math team. Um, but I also remember not taking that responsibility seriously and sort of blowing off math team practices. A lot like Regina George. <laughs> or not Regina. What's, um, is that her name? Who's the main character in Mean Girls? I, the other I, one. I'm not, uh, yeah. Don't um, know. Uh, Katie is her name. Her name is Katie. Um, in any event, uh, I st- I like blew off the practices. Still went to the competitions and did well in them. But I I would have I would have been really bad at a, at a spelling bee. My I my eighth grade English teacher told us um and like this is just one woman's opinion and so but it's really stuck <laughs> with me and it all and it always made like it, I I always just was kind of like yep that makes sense that's totally true. Is she's like oh like I she felt like spelling like whether you were a good speller or not was mostly came down to just like genetics like she didn't Whoa. and and she didn't she didn't think that it was like a sign of intelligence or anything she was just like 
Yeah, like, she just felt like, you know, if you were good spellers, probably because, like, people in your family were good spellers, you know, and, and not that it, not that it, and I was, and I was always just like, okay, sure, I totally, I buy that. No, <laughs> I hate it. I hate that. <laughs> I, it's, I mean, may, maybe there are, like, certain uh, types of brains that are, like, more wired for, like, memorization and, like, pattern recognition. But I, but I mean, don't you think that there, that there is some truth, or at least my experience, I should say, is that, you know, like, I feel like there's truth to that with, like, people's affinity for music or for math or that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. some of the, you know, like, I, I do feel like some of that is inherited. Not all of it. You can have, like, a masterful magician. Uh, magician? Sure, why not? You can have a masterful magician who comes from a family of non-magicians. But, um, <laughs> I... But you know you, you would call you would call those uh mud bloods or muggles <laughs> or <laughs> whatever Harry Potterism. Uh yeah, I, I I I don't know. My my mother and my sister are both very good readers. Mm. Um they they do it fast and they retain a lot of information. Um but my father is a slow reader. Uh consequently, I am a slow reader. Uh, and I blame him for it, but mostly as a joke, right? <laughs> like, I don't know if he's actually to blame for that. Um, where do you do you know where this term "spelling bee" came from? I Ooh, I don't have I any do idea. Not. Yeah, no, sorry, I have no, I, have no I, idea. I should have done some research beforehand so I could like actually answer this question. But I don't have any idea. I wonder what the origin of it is. Yeah, I I I don't know. Um, I did. Did you ever see the movie Aquila and the Bee? No, I have not seen it. It's a movie about a spelling bee and uh, like Lawrence Fishburne is in it and he's like the the mentor um, and uh, he is mentoring Akila. Oh, no, we just got the uh, we just got the applause. So I guess oh, we'll, we'll never, never know, know how it ends. that anecdote. Um, but we were accompanied today by a listener. Um, Steven submitted his own uh, version of 433. Um, and uh, so thank you, Steven, for sending us that. We love having a version of 433 that is perfectly timed has applause and is performed on Nintendo related instruments. Uh he's playing both the Ocarina in here and the uh the Donkey Kong bongos from Donkey Konga. Uh and uh if if you want to check out um his stuff, he does uh retro games on Twitch under Steef Plays. That's S C H T E E F P L A Y S on Twitch. All right, Mark, let's get into the news. <laughs> Yesterday, Nintendo announced a small price cut for the Nintendo Switch in Europe and the UK. So the official Nintendo store lists the Switch as 300 euros for Europe, which is a 30 euro price drop, and 260 pounds in the UK, which is a 20 pound price drop, um, which I saw some like mixed reactions to this this morning. I mean, people were happy that there's a price cut, but it seemed like mostly it was almost to account for currency fluctuation and it's now closer to the price that we've always paid in the United States than it was yeah. previously where they were always kind of paying an inflated price. A spokesperson for Nintendo told Eurogamer, quote, Nintendo of Europe is changing the European trade price of the Nintendo Switch console for retailers. More than four and a half years after its release, Nintendo Switch continues to have strong sales momentum in Europe. After carefully weighing up a variety of factors, including currency exchange rates in Europe and the upcoming launch of Nintendo Switch OLED model, we decided that now was the appropriate time to change the European trade price of the Nintendo Switch, end quote. And Patrick, I know that I didn't say it beforehand, 
but I think this can be inducted into the um, copywriting great moments yep. Hall of Fame that we have going. I, I mean, I, I, absolutely. There's no this. This is a, a perfect example of how to uh, speak for a thirty second solid and say nothing. <laughs> my my favorite part is after carefully weighing up a variety of factors. It was. This well, was I a, mean, that's. That's so delightfully English. <laughs> Weighing up a, a variety of factors. Uh, I do think it's interesting the timing of this, like right before the Nintendo Switch OLED model is released, because they're not dropping the price on that one, right? Like that remains the yeah. price that it was announced at. So it just kind of widens the gap between um, the current model and the OLED model, which is coming out in just a few weeks now. Yeah, I mean, it is wild that there hasn't been a, like, price drop on the base system, totally. right? Like, uh, but, I mean, it, it is further weird that the Switch Lite is $100 cheaper. Like, uh, it's, I, I know we've just, like, gotten used to that, but, like, the difference between $200 and $300 is huge, right? Yeah. Like, um, it's so much. It's 50% more. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's... We're living in a, a, a weird time for, for all of this stuff now. Um, but yeah, it, it doesn't make me think that we'll see a price drop in the regular Switch any, anywhere else. Like, I, I don't think this is, uh, this isn't a, uh, this isn't predictive of any, any other region behavior. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Um, well, speaking of Switch availability in Europe, the OLED version of the Switch is currently available for pre-order on the Nintendo.co.uk store. And pre-orders in the States seemingly have been sold out Can't for a long while. So yeah. um, you'll, if you are still interested in one, hopefully, I mean, my thought is that this is not a like limited time item. That it may be difficult to get, I guess, who knows how difficult it'll be, it'll be to get in the uh, beginning and for how long with the chip shortage that has been affecting everything, I guess no reason right. to think that the uh, Switch OLED model will escape that as well. But I, I just wonder, I, I just don't think that like, the OLED model is going away necessarily. I don't think it's yeah. going away at all. So I, I think if you're not able to get one initially, um, you, I, I, I'm planning on getting one eventually. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's just like, yeah, yeah. I pr eventually I'll probably get one. Well, I mean, I... I don't have any reason to suspect this and I've not read anything to this effect, but I would be willing to bet that retailers will have them on store shelves mm. when it comes out on October 8th um, that, you know, weren't pre-ordered. So like that, I, I think they're, I, I think they will over uh, under promise and over deliver uh, even just a little bit on, on this. Um, but Mark, yeah, you and I haven't really talked about the sort of, uh, uh, extended like look at the ongoing chip shortage and just general supply line shortages um that are you know saying they are going to put things into the backlog like through 2022 and into 2023 um where it's just like we are coming upon a time like we we thought that we had been uh experiencing supply line constraints um but like we haven't really yet uh we will get there in time um and it, you know, it may become more dire than just our video game systems. <laughs> um, but like, you know, you, you can see it in, in all industries uh, that like everything is just harder to get a hold of and like everything is rarer. Yeah. Oh, totally. Like 
um, car companies have had to shut down their manufacturing lines yep. because they just do not have like the chips that they need to finish putting cars together. And so, yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I do think it's going to be... It's strange to think that we could be in these times through like all of next year and, you know, who knows how far into the future that... Well, and, and like, why why would it slow down? <laughs> like, yeah. why would it get better? Um, the, uh, the There was a, a story, I guess, from earlier this week that we don't have uh, in, in the, the lineup here, but the uh, Analog Portable the um, from the same company that made the Super NT. Um, so maybe it's Portable NT, Analog NT, whatever it's called. Um, it's basically a, a Game Boy. It plays Game Boy, Game Boy Advance games. Um, and they had to uh, delay that thing um, partially because of chip shortage stuff. Um, and it's like, yeah, well, no, no surprise. Like we're we're getting we're putting computers in too many things. So like <laughs> we're getting to the point where we're like, hey, you have a Game Boy, but do you want this like other Game Boy? And we're like, yes, I want another Game Boy. Um, and so like, yeah, of, of course we don't have enough chips. We're just we're just putting them in everything. Yeah. Well, uh, recently we were shopping for a new refrigerator, and you can get like a smart refrigerator. Um, and if anybody owns a smart refrigerator and finds it useful, please let me know. I would love to know what the utility for having like a refrigerator that can play, um, and Netflix. Cuphead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I. I, I think the the utility there is like that you can check to see like do we have milk while you're out or whatever. But also like what scenario is that while you're out? What, is that? <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Um, going back to the OLED model, I do think that uh, like the OLED model is probably not the endangered species here. What I would say is like yeah. if you're looking to get a switch for cheaper than and you're in Europe. Then you know, like I, I think the original model, the current, the one that exists today, the base model, is the one whose days are numbered, and we will probably see it going away sooner rather than later. Metroid Dread is just mere weeks away from release, Woo! and while Nintendo recently delineated what functionality the new Metroid Dread amiibo will provide, there was still kind of like an open question around the other Metroid theme themed amiibo. Uh, released previously and thanks to the japanese nintendo website and translations provided by nintendo everything we now know so hey. to run down the functionality uh the metroid dread samus amiibo you receive an extra energy tank to increase your health by 100 and then you can tap it again to replenish some health once per day so it seems like the extra energy tank is a one-time thing then you get some extra health once per day the emmy amiibo for metroid dread you receive a Missile Plus tank, increasing missile capacity by 10, and then you can tap it again to replenish some missiles once per day. And then the ones that we didn't know about, so Samus Aran the, from the Metroid series, Samus from the Super Smash Brothers series, and Zero Suit, Suit Samus from the Super Smash Brothers series, you can tap to replenish some health once per day. And then the Metroid Amiibo from the Metroid series, the Ridley Amiibo from Super Smash Brothers series and the Dark Samus from the Super Smash Brothers series, you can tap to replenish some missiles once per day. So, Patrick, how many of yeah. these do you have? And are so are you just going to be loaded up on health and missiles um, all the time? Yeah, so theoretically, I will be loaded up on health and missiles all the time. I don't have the Dark Samus Amiibo, but I think I've got everything else. Um, but also, like, 
I'm just not good at playing a uh, a video game and having like six amiibos nearby to like assist me. Uh -huh. Um, I haven't even used the uh, Skyward Sword amiibo yet for its like fast travel. And there've been a couple times where I've been like, oh, it'd be nice to pop up to Skywalk <laughs> right now. But I just I just walk back to a statue and like use that to, <laughs> to, to, to get back up there. Um, yeah, like I guess the the long and the short of it here is um, the good guys give you life, the bad guys give you missiles. Oh yeah, yes, yes. That's how it breaks down. Yeah, and the good guys are always just Samus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that pretty much sums up the uh, yeah. uh, Metroid series. Um, I'm excited about uh, this game to come out. Obviously, um, I'm excited to get these amiibo as well. Um, but they are the and look. I, I got the uh the like limited edition like collector's version of this game with the the steel book and like the art cards and the art book and all of that um and I got these amiibo just because like it, it's Metroid Dread like you know Metroid is my series and this is a game that I've been waiting a decade plus for um so I'm I'm very excited about it but this is the first time I'm sort of hit with a twinge of like what am I gonna do with these amiibo <laughs> like I know I'm gonna like have them out for a little bit and then I'm gonna put them in a box and then I'm gonna like, I think my Amiibo days are numbered, Mark. Wow. Um, remember, I had a, a New Year's resolution probably two years ago to figure out my relationship to Amiibo, uh, and I did not succeed in that year. Um, and I think maybe this year will finally be the time where I'm like, the Metroid Dread Amiibo were the last ones that I buy. I oh, think that's man. a possibility. Man. Wow. That, that'll be... I mean... Let's see what let's see what the future holds. Like, oh, <laughs> who knows yeah. what who yeah, knows yeah, what yeah. amiibo they have? You know, like uh, that they're holding on to. Like, what if there was like a uh, a Mike Jones amiibo or a, like yeah. Zoda amiibo? I mean, or if they release a, a three pack of Doctor Mario uh, <laughs> virus amiibo. But but I um th that's not to tempt you. That is not to be the. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I just want—I just don't want you to close the door entirely. Don't right, close your right, heart right. entirely to Amiibo. No, I get it. You're enabling my addiction. I get it. <laughs> Patrick Wither Bayonetta three. Um, Wither. We we haven't seen anything from the game since announcement in 2017, and in January of this year, series creator Deki Kamiya uh, seemed to tease a reveal for later this year. But in a new interview with VGC, he pretty much walked that back fairly thoroughly, saying, quote, It was more of a not definitely something will come out this year, but if there is a year, then something should happen, right? Hmm. Yeah. That's a tough one to puzzle out. <laughs> yes. I, I think I think I understand the uh the I think I can parse it, the meaning. So I think what he's saying is that at the beginning of the year, he was like, we have a whole year, right? Like, of course, oh, of yeah. course something, like, we've been working on this for a while. Like, of course, something is going to come out this year. It just seems inevitable. Um, and so I think that's what he means when he says, like, but if there is a year, then something should happen, right? Got Meaning, it, got it, got oh, yeah, like, we have the whole year. Of course, something is going to happen. I, I thought he was saying, like, in a given year, in any given year, something should happen. Yes, it, was, it, it did feel very zen. <laughs> where like where we should just like take it into our hearts and ponder the meaning of it and like not really speak it out loud. Well, and and didn't Kamiya uh previously, maybe even earlier this year, say like 
I encourage people to stop thinking about Bayonetta yes. 3, and then when it comes up, it'll be a fun surprise. <laughs> yes, that is 100% what he said. And uh, I didn't quote that part, but he does reiterate that to VGC, where he's just like, look, I told people, you know, like, forget about uh, Bayonetta 3, live your life. And, um, you know, because cause he says at the end, he adds um, that, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, of course, uh, that he added that, like, it's, hey, it's, like, it's not our decision when to reveal more but we're very yeah. proud of what we're working on and what we're doing and you know like it'll be shown whenever uh, you know he doesn't say this part but it, like it'll be shown whenever nintendo wants to show it essentially right well and like you know we can take the uh the the lesson from metroid dread they've obviously been working on this game forever we heard about it in june and it came out it's coming out in october so like it's a four month turnaround from announcement to reveal of the next game in the metroid series so yeah you know it's they nintendo's totally comfortable playing things close to the best uh it, and we'll we just gotta wait uh and also platinum Games studio head and ooh, like i know that i often stumble upon these uh against these japanese names but this one i just feel like i am probably going to be saying this wrong so huge apologies but at sushi uh <laughs> inaba yeah. Uh, added, quote, there's no need to worry. Don't worry about it at this time. Everything's okay. Which I think is just kind of the perfect, cutest quote um, <laughs> you can possibly get for people asking for a status update for a video game. Yeah, it's like coming to in the good place, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> everything's fine. Yeah, it just feels like the most pure response a producer, <laughs> yeah. you know, like a producer yeah. can give where it's just like, we can't say anything about this game, but it's fine. Everything is fine. Don't worry about it. Um, uh, in, oh, also, Patrick, do you think, uh, briefly at the beginning, at the, the beginning of this podcast life, before the Switch was announced, we, uh, was, like, fully revealed, we declared a moratorium on rumors for the system known as the NX at the time. Yes. Yes. And we were, we said we weren't going to talk about it again until the Switch was actually revealed. And luckily for us, that was only a few weeks. But do you think that it is time, the only time we've ever talked about Bayonetta 3 on this show since December of 2017 has been, where's Bayonetta 3? Bayonetta right. 3 ha hasn't right. come out yet. No news about Bayonetta 3. So I'm wondering if it's time for us to instate a similar moratorium on Bayonetta 3 news. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I love, I love the pull to the deep NCS lore. This is like episode one or Which two. That nobody titled, listened to. No more. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't listen to it. Uh, <laughs> no, no more NX rumors was the name of the episode. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. Let's, let's enact that moratorium right now. We will no longer talk about Bayonetta 3 until Nintendo reveals it. Yes. Okay, and um, yeah, th that th there's no going back. Just like Patrick, under punishment of <laughs> <laughs> what should our punishment be if we bring oh, it up? Oh, we'll think of something good. We have to like slam our hands in like an encyclopedia or something like that. We'll have to yeah, find an encyclopedia. Yeah, there we go. Well, I think I feel like it should be bayonetta related. So like, <laughs> if there's some way that like an angel could hurt us or <laughs> Patrick, whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, no. What? That, what? That, feels, what? That, that feels like, uh, that feels like something that you don't wish upon yourself. That's something. <laughs> yeah. That's, I guess you're right. Yeah. Maybe, maybe if we do it, then we each have to, we each have to eat a lollipop. How about that? Okay. Yep. And that'll be the one that like pushes us over into like having terrible cavities or something. Yeah. There we go. There we yeah. go. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So we will never more speak of Bayonetta 3. We are closing the book on that subject. In that same interview, Inaba was asked about the possibility of bringing the Platinum-developed Star Fox Zero to Switch. I forgot that this was developed by Platinum Games. Um, Inaba said it was sad that some games get locked to outdated hardware, and when the interviewer pressed him on the unique Wii U control scheme, he said, quote, The important thing to remember there is that because it's Nintendo's IP, the ideas are coming from Miyamoto-san himself. We have to respect what Miyamoto-san wants to do. Of course, at that time, there was a lot of discussion between Platinum and Nintendo, but if the opportunity uh, came up to bring Star Fox Zero to the Switch again, it would be more of a question of what he would like to do in that opportunity, and of course, we respect that again. So basically just saying, like, look, we know we were dealt a weird hand with Star Fox Zero, um, and, uh, like, everyone's just trying to live up to the vision of uh, Miyamoto, which, like, can you imagine what what that must be like? Like, you almost have to ignore the rest of your instincts altogether and be like, you just got to do what Miyamoto says. Yeah. Because it may feel wrong in the moment, but, like, it could be the beginning of uh, the new way games are played. I think I think that would be really difficult because, you know, I'm sure Miyamoto, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm sure Miyamoto himself would say, like, it's not like he's 100%, he's correct 100% of the time. I'm sure great things have come from people, like, pushing back on him but that would be a very difficult thing to do like you would have yeah. to uh work up like that would be something i'd be sweating the night before not being able to sleep knowing that like the next day i was going to go into a presentation and you know tell Miyamoto i didn't want to do his idea yeah yeah no that 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 would be tough um star fox zero you and i played a little bit of this on on the wii u um uh, around the time it came out no maybe maybe after it was probably after it came out that yeah that we were playing I, it. I i think we played it and did an episode of, probably yeah yeah on on the show about it um and like it's fun to play uh two player uh, it's just uh, otherwise kind of tough to wrap your head around the control scheme which is this very like dual screen dual controller like pointing with one with like the gyro and uh, you know all all this sort of stuff um that like it the game truly is locked to that hardware like I don't know how how you do it without the multiple screens um. But I don't know. It's it's a a neat experience, but is uh, maybe rightly maligned for being kind of too cumbersome to actually play. I I just feel like Star Fox is ripe for some sort of reinvention because the characters yeah. in the world are so great. But I don't really know that I need another like Star Fox game as we know Star Fox. That that's what always appealed to me about like the Star Fox Racers, where it's like. Or you know that um oh yeah that the like Star, Star Fox Grand the Prix. Star Fox Grand Prix yeah. rumor that was supposedly Star Fox mashed up with F Zero and it's like yes give me those characters in and give me that world but give it to me in a different form yeah. I would one hundred percent be on board for that. A little update on the indie title Bear and Breakfast. Remember this was the uh, like uh, bed and breakfast management game with the bear who has unfortunate tuft of hair. Um, so like when he was flouncing around, it looked like he has breasts. Yeah. Um, yep. I remember Mark. I remember this <laughs> Baron. So the game has been delayed to the first half of 2022. Um, the developers announced that no real surprise, but COVID has done a number on their ability to, you know, work and collaborate on the game. And so it is still coming has just been delayed. So we have to wait a little bit longer, um, which, okay. Yeah. 
okay. I, I'm I, I'm excited to try this game whenever it comes out. Lego and Nintendo have revealed another addition to the Lego Star- Super Mario lineup, the Lego Super Mario 64 block. It's a large Lego uh, brick that uh okay, so it's a que- I'm trying to describe this. It's a question yeah. block, like a Mario like question block that is made up, you build it out of Lego bricks and it opens up to reveal four themed Super Mario 64 levels. There's Peach's Castle, Bob-omb Battlefield, Cool Cool Mountain, and Lethal Lava Trouble. Uh, it also comes with mi- little micro figures, including Mario, Princess Peach, King bob as well as like Chain Chomp, Big Bully, Mr. I, which I was like, what is Mr. I? It's, what uh, is Mr. I? It's apparently it's just the name for the, uh, the, the I enemies in Mario 64 that you like run around. Oh, okay. They, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, Lakitu, Penguin, Baby Penguin, and more. And uh, yeah, I, 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 I inserted a question in the show notes here. So these are micro figures, which they're, they're so like small and so few pieces that they're like pretty intense abstractions of the characters, right? Yeah. Like, yep. Mar- Mario is like a blue block, uh, like tan block for like his head. And then, like, a little red, like, arch for his hat. Um, like, really abstract, uh, just, like, broken down to basic shapes and colors. Um, but between these micro figures and the, like, Super Mario, the Lego Super Mario, which is, like, this bigger thing, um, why won't Nintendo just let them make <laughs> minifigs of these characters? I wonder if it's because, like, the, uh, the block, that, like, question block that the Mario 64 yeah. thing comes in like it's pretty substantial but there's four little levels living inside of it and so right, i feel like pulled out yeah yeah and so i feel like everything is like so small it's like nesting dolls that the micro figures is all that could be done however completely give me an amiibo of king bob or oh. the penguin or like lakitu right yes like um i yes. Uh, yes please do that but also make them minifigs. Make them minifigs and amiibo. Like, I don't know why these things aren't the same, yeah, right? Yep, yep, yep. Um, <sighs> the, the block has 2,064 pieces, and it launches October 1st exclusively at LEGO stores and LEGO.com for a cool $169.99. Uh, that's a lot of money for a LEGO set. All of them. I actually, I don't, I, I don't know that it is that much money for yeah, a LEGO a set. Point. I think... They're pretty expensive, but all of the Mario Lego sets have been more expensive than I would be willing to pay just to kind of like mess around with it. Yeah, but it's usually like 60 bucks, right? Like, I feel like it's been around like the cost of a game, um, but like at 170, that's getting up there with like Switch Lite pricing. Yeah. Yep, yep, totally. Uh, finally, Nintendo is celebrating the release of WarioWare Get It Together with a few little trinkets and events. First, a WarioWare Get It Together themed Tetris 99 Maximus Cup is coming yes. this weekend, starting Friday, September 17th at 12 a.m. Pacific Time and ending Monday, September 20th at 11.59 p.m. Pacific Time. Uh, you know the drill. You get a, a 100 points. You get the By earning 100 points, you get the theme. You earn points for your finishes in Tetris 99 matches. Um, they're a lot of fun. It's worth checking out. Also, there are some new pins available in the North America My Nintendo Rewards store. So for 500 platinum points plus the cost of shipping, you can get these little uh, pins 
for the your backpack, a jacket, whatever. They're like round button pins. Um, the largest one, which is a little over an inch, is of Wario. And then there's uh, three characters from WarioWare get it together, and they each have their own little button that's a little smaller than the Wario one. Although, Patrick, I have to say, and I think I'm uh, a, a little bit of a prude, because Wario is picking his nose yeah. in, um, the, uh, in his button, and I just don't appreciate that. It's rude, yeah. I don't. I don't think. I don't think they should put that on buttons. Um, yeah. The the other characters are Mona Cricket and Ninebolt. Um, and you know none of them are doing anything rude. Um, so they they may so be better buttons. Those are safe to put mm-hmm. on like to wear to church. Um, the <laughs> the Wario one, you know, I I wouldn't take it to school, is what I'm saying. Um, Mark, the, not not to uh, backtrack here, but um, the fact that they're doing a WarioWare Get It Together um, Tetris Maximus Cup has me so excited for the inevitable Metroid Dread um, <gasps> Tetris 99 theme. Oh my gosh. Yeah, now, now I just wish we could be living in that time. And uh, like, for, forget about WarioWare Get It Together. I'm over it. Now, now I just want, I want, I want everything Nintendo to be Metroid. Uh, oh, Patrick, I'm so excited now because you're right. Everything around the time that that game comes out is going to be Metroid themed. Think of what Metroid rewards we might get in the uh, My Nintendo store. Yeah, you're not going to get a button of Kraid picking his nose. <laughs> Actually, if there's a character might, in the Metroid series that was going to be picking his nose, it might be Kraid. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm just imagining like uh, uh, it's like Samus's tote. It's like get a tote just like Samus has oh, in man. Metroid Dread. Yes. Or like uh, uh, sunglasses that are themed off of her visor. <laughs> All right, Mark, let's get out of the news. Okay, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, you should share it on Facebook or Twitter, wherever you share stuff. Um, share, you know, with, with a friend, with someone you know, someone you trust, someone who is also going to like listening to this nonsense about Nintendo. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. We also also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying, if there's going to be a year, something should happen. And thank you for listening. Greetings, listeners of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Are you ready for a promo? Let's do yoga. Let's get fit. Hi, I'm Nick. And Let's I'm Uriel. And we're the hosts of Hella in Your 30s. This is a podcast for people of all ages, all about navigating this 
dystopian world we live in. <laughs> That's right. So every Monday we invite you into our living room or out into the world on whatever adventures we go on. Or into our living room for an adventure in our living room. <laughs> yeah, like having your wife challenge you to a great British baking show style competition in your own kitchen. That's right. Or maybe, you know, you want to know what it's like to volunteer at a food bank. Or maybe, uh, well, you know, you want to hear what it's like to foster kittens in the midst of a pandemic. That's right. Super easy. But giving cats medication is literally the the worst thing in the world <laughs> okay anyways if you want to hang out with us find us every monday hella in your 30s wherever you get your podcast Bye. tomorrow's a new day let's order pizza